Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 153 of Intuitive Bites. Today I'm talking to Stephanie Michelle, who you may know from Instagram as I am Stephanie Michelle. And we are talking all about people pleasing as it relates to body image. So I swear like 80% at least, 80% of the clients that come to work with me identify as a people pleaser. And yeah, so this was a really interesting conversation around how this intersects. And Stephanie really talks about how trying to make your body look a certain way that aligns with our cultural ideals is a form of people pleasing. Uh, She also gives some great tips on how to start addressing this and and stepping away from people pleasing with body image. So I think you guys are really going to get a lot out of this one. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to let you guys know that I have a brand new offer available called my daily intuitive eating support offer. And this is really made for you if you understand intuitive eating at an intellectual level, but when it comes to applying it in your day to day, you are just stumped. You're like, I don't know what to actually do here. So the awesome thing about this offer is that we're going to be connected every single day through an app called Voxer, a messenger app. So I can be giving you in the moment guidance and support to really help you apply these principles in your life. This is also my most affordable one-on-one coaching offer ever. So the reward is very, very high and the payment is much lower than my other one-on-one offers. So I would love to invite you to join this this program. Uh, the way that you're going to do that is going over to the link in my bio on Instagram at the intuitive underscore RD, and you'll click that link and just get signed up. And then I'll, I'll reach out to, to get you on board. All right, guys, with that said, let's go ahead and listen to my conversation with Stephanie. All right, Stephanie, we are good to go. So I'd love to just start with you introducing yourself and a little bit about the work you do. Yes. So I'm Stephanie and I work with people who are recovering from binge eating in particular, as as well as other forms of disordered eating, including orthorexia. Um, But I recovered myself from decades of disordered eating and binge eating specifically and body image issues. So I coach women around those topics and I'm also in training to become a somatic therapist. Um, So I'm looking at the sort of like the mind, body and trauma connection of all of this with disordered eating. That is so interesting. That's amazing. Um, So just out of of my own curiosity, are you a certified intuitive eating counselor? Yes. Yes, I am. (laughs) I'm like, yes, I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor (laughs) and a certified um, uh, integrative nutrition coach as well. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Very interesting. So, so yeah, you got into this work just kind of through your own journey as well. That's kind of why it interested you. Oh yeah. Um, I also was an occupational therapist, uh, back in the day. And so I used to work on, um, like I learned so much in occupational therapy about, um, like sensory things and, um, like nervous system regulation. And I was noticing the connection between those things and my own experience living with 
an eating disorder, um, as at the time that I was learning about all this stuff. And I was like, I was like, this would really help. This would really help me in my eating disorder. All these, these things kind of came together, um, in through coaching actually, right, right at the beginning of COVID when I couldn't do OT anymore because things had shut down and I started to talk on Instagram and it just came, became its own thing. And so this is my passion now and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Oh, it, it, you are in the right place. That's all I can say with the content that you put out there. I just like every post is like, it hits. It's so oh, great. So, yeah. I'm glad that you found this work too. Um, so I would love to just chat with you really quickly today about a post that you put out there, which is kind of speaking to the people please like the interaction between people pleasing and body image stuff. And this is just like such a common thread with the clients I work with. They all like so many of them identify with being a people pleaser. So I guess I'm curious to hear from you about like a little bit about this connection and why that maybe is so common for people that are healing from food and body stuff. Well, I think with people pleasing and, and coming from the lens of uh, trauma and nervous system regulation, it's one of the trauma responses, right? The fawning kind of side of things versus the fight, flight, or freeze. There's mm-hmm. this fawning, which is more of people pleasing. And it's a lesser known F, I think, in, yeah. the, in the landscape of this. Um, but it's a protective response that we have when we feel that something is being threatened, like um, love, like we don't have enough love, do we don't have enough sense of belonging or a sense of safety within ourselves. And many of the people that I work with and in my own lived experience, you know, there's this sense of I need to do things for other people or I need to I need to please other people or make other people happy with me in order to be safe. Um, and, and that makes me then feel safe and then I can function. And so that just becomes such a default coping mechanism that we, you know, of course, bodies are going to fall into that because the world is constantly telling us how our body needs to look. And that's reinforced socially, culturally, but also probably within a lot of family systems. I have clients who specifically have family members who say like, this is how you need to look, you know, whether this is explicit or implicit. Mm-hmm. And so I think we can really just move through life feeling like my body needs to look this way so that I am acceptable. Um, and that's how I keep other people happy. And I will even do that at the expense of my own happiness and my own mental health and my own sense of being regulated and grounded. Um, it becomes so normalized. I think that we don't even realize that we're doing it. I don't think anyone's intentionally necessarily saying like, I I'm, I'm out to please everyone through my body but it's part of a larger system of things that we're constantly um, prioritizing other people's needs over our own. So interesting. And so well put. And I feel like that you brought up family and it just, you know, kind of reminded me of like that comes up for a lot of my clients too, as well as like, this is like bodies and weight and like looking a certain way and like eating a certain way, whatever, are like so core to so many people's family dynamic. And it really truly feels like if I want to be accepted by my mother or whoever, I really do have to try to do this. So I don't know. What would you say to that? It's, it's, that is so common, especially like the mother daughter dynamic It's huge. Or, and even them, I find like grandmother, um, is is a big one that I'll hear too. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. there's a book that I read, um, called, it's not called the mother wound. I always want to call it the mother wound. It's called, um, discovering the inner mother by Bethany Webster. And Mm -hmm. she talks about like, the kind of intergenerational uh, cycles, particularly with, with women of passing down this, like, we need to 
to be feminine. We need to be, this is the way we need to behave. And we all need to be in line with that or it compromises all of our identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that it's, it's really common to see with women passing that down because this is the way we've learned to be in the world, especially as a people pleaser, right? Like we're meant to do certain things and to behave a certain way and to contradict that can be really, um, can shake up an identity. And what I find is that I work with so many people whose mothers, like the relationship between the mother and daughter becomes really like tense because the mother is like, no, I grew up in a generation where like, we don't rock that boat. We do the things we're supposed to do. And we we're going to be small and we're going to eat (laughs) coming from like special K generations or, you know, and how could you be defying that? Like, how could you be willing to gain weight? Um, that isn't what women do. And so there's often this scent, this is a real tug of war and, and pain around that and how that affects a relationship and just yeah. the ways that we're evolving, hopefully <laughs> a little bit beyond that. It's interesting too. I think it was, um, in the post that I was referring to that kind of inspired this conversation that you, you said something about like, even just trying to uh, behave or trying to like trying to lose weight, right? So it's like, it's even this idea that it's like, even if you're not necessarily actively losing weight or becoming smaller or whatever, like you're participating in that. And like, this is so such an act of rebellion against that. Yeah. To, to decide not to diet anymore, to accept your body. Yeah. Yeah, I hear all the time from people who will say, even if I'm not small or I'm not actively losing weight, I feel this need to tell people that I am. And I think that comes through with like what, when we apologize for what we're eating, we're like, oh, like, I know I shouldn't be eating this, but you know, like, it's just, you know, like I'm the diet's going to start Monday, you know, like, or it's like, we always have this caveat of like, no, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. Believe me, like I am playing this game with you, but I, I just, I, (laughs) this is how I'm going to make up for it. Or, you know what I mean? And it's like, we can't just eat a thing because every, you know, we have to be like, we're all in this social agreement that we need to be doing this and this is how we behave. And if we don't, then we're a bad thing. We're, we're, we've, we've lost ourselves. We're lazy. We're, um, the, the biggest one is like, she's, um, let go of her, you know, she, she's let herself go. (laughs) Um, Gosh. yeah, it was I mean, like come was... up in conversation. Like, I mean, it always does, but a lot just in the past few days. So it's funny that, that you're oh, saying interesting. it's, yeah, it's such a thing. Um, I guess I'm curious to reflect on here too. Like what are, I always talk about how, you know, these coping skills and things like that, that are destructive, like serve us in some way. And that's, that's why we're doing them. So I guess like, how does like participating in the people pleasing thing, particularly with body image, like how does that serve someone? Well, I I mean, I would be remiss to deny that if, you know, that there is a certain, we do, we are accepted more if we are smaller Mm -hmm. or if we're actively trying to be. So there is some kind of reward that we're Mm -hmm. getting from the participation in that. It's a social reward. And even in, you know, personally, I have, I have like released the pursuit of this, but it would be easier in some ways if I didn't. In some ways, not in all ways, but on the, you know, in a social scale, like there is more, um, even just like I'm a mom of three and whenever I have a conversation with other moms that I'm not, you know, they're just more like peripheral mom conversation, food is a part of it. And body size is a part of it. It's almost a way we bond with each other in conversation. And in my, in my refusal to like affirm that kind of conversation, I, it's harder because I, I'm not in that 
you know, I'm not, I'm not participating in this like thing that everyone else is talking about and everyone else is doing. And so there is, there is reward in, in the pursuit of that. And I think for me and with people that I, I work with, I think sometimes you get to a point and maybe it doesn't happen for everybody, but I got to a point where it was like the, the amount of reward that I was getting from going along with the majority was not any longer worth what I was sacrificing personally. So yeah. the level of exhaustion and like absolute, just what I was up against trying to pursue something was personally just not worth it anymore. Yeah. Even though I, there were these other rewards, it just becomes like a cost benefit analysis at some point, you know, but it's not mm -hmm. to say that it's easy or it's clear cut. Yeah. Or even I like that you said, right. It, maybe some people never get there. Right. Because um, as a straight sized person, it's, it's different making that choice, right. Then, then somebody in a larger body, it's, it's a different experience in this culture yeah. of maybe participating when you're in, in a larger body. Ob yeah. Obviously I have tons of clients in larger bodies, but I can see how that, that feels different. A different yes. And I see that, um, one place I hear about that a lot is in like the workplace because there's such a corporate culture of the, you know, thinness as value and professionalism. And, and, and so yep. I have clients too, in larger bodies who are like, it's, I don't know if it's safer for me. You know, I do, there is a reward I get from participating in this. I get more respect at, yeah. at work because it is the collective value system. And yep. to, to go against that is actually a bit of a, a, a like a professional threat, yeah. Um, which is really hard. It's really like, you know, I think that on Instagram and on social media, it can really sound like, you know, kind of like, come on, like anti-diet and embody <laughs> right. positivity, you know, and, and it sounds so clear, but in reality, like navigating this is a lot more complicated because of things like this, because we, there is a reason why we participate and people please and, and, why that has become so easy and so pursued. Um, so to give that up is, is a lot, there's lots to look at. There's lots to, there's a lot of need for, you know, support around this. hundred percent. Yeah. So I guess to ask a not so easy question, but like, what are your tips for somebody if they are in this place where like, okay, I'm definitely doing that people pleasing thing related to body image and food and body stuff. And I do want to move through this and, and get past it. Like, what are some tips around that? So one of my favorites is, um, living in first person. Uh, so I have this visual imagery of like a director's camera, you know, where you see, you sort of imagine the director behind their big camera and it's like looking out, you know, and I feel like I actively try to live my life when I was moving away from living for others and more living for myself. It's like, I would try to move that camera back around to like behind my eyes looking out instead of looking at. Mm -hmm. So I think that, and I have clients who will say, I don't even know what it's like to do that. I only picture myself from the outside looking, looking in, like, I don't know what it's like to be on the inside looking out, um, that self-objectification. And so, um, I work with people to practice the actual experience of living this way of living through your own eyes rather than um, through the eyes of someone else, because people pleasing will prioritize the third person point of view. That's what the, that's what that is. That's what people pleasing is versus the first person. So it's starting to recognize the moments in your life where you're living and you're actually in the experience of yourself rather than how do I look like as I'm living? Um, because that's a completely different way to, <laughs> to experience life. Um, and so I think that's one of the first places to start. 
I love that. Well, and it's funny because even if you, as you said that, it's like, are those moments when we're living, trying to think about like try, from the outside looking in, like, is that, I mean, is that even really living and experiencing or right. Like, are, right? It's like, no, we're living and experiencing when we're just like inside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so many, so this comes up a lot when people will talk about seeing a picture of themselves, right? Like they'll, so they'll say, I, I was having a good time or something. And then I saw this picture and I realized what I looked like and it deflated my entire experience. And I feel like, oh my gosh, I, I, I can't believe that I was walking around like that. And it's almost like they, the way they'll describe it is I feel like now I really see myself and now like, I can't believe that was the reality this whole time. And I was blinded. And I think it's the opposite. I think that when you're in that experience and you're not thinking about how you look and you don't have awareness of that, that's living. That's you being in your life. And when you see the photo, that's you being taken out. And that's when you're now in this objective. You're not, you're not in an experience then you're like judging the experience. And I think that's a much more empowered way of thinking about it. Um, I love that reframe. Yeah. That's amazing. So, okay. So with that first person thing, um, do you have a quick, um, tip or exercise or something that people can like do to try to, to work from that lens more often? So it's sometimes just those words. Um, I remember when I first thought of that concept, it was like first person, first person. Um, And so I would just remind myself of that phrase itself. Mm -hmm. And it sort of just like cued me back into what I was trying to do. But also if you're more of a visual person Mm -hmm. um, is picturing, I really do talk about visualizing the camera moving because you can sort of, when you're looking at yourself from a third, you know, bird's eye view through your own eyes, you sort of know you're doing that. And to actually imagine that you're moving from that perspective and you're coming behind yourself. And there was a reel I put up, I think it was last year, um, of like somebody riding a bike and and it was filmed from the, you know, like a GoPro sort of thing where you're, you're really seeing it from the perspective of living inside of yourself. And I always bring that at visualization to mind, or I offer that visualization just to quickly get back inside of what that perspective actually looks like, um, to look this way. I love that. That's amazing. Okay. Stephanie. So I guess like final thoughts or like, if you like, what would you say to the person that is listening to this and is like totally resonating with everything that we're saying here? Um, what, yeah. What would you say to them right now? Well, if, if this resonates in any way, um, like, I think that's hopeful. Um, because I think that some, I remember being in a place where I didn't want to hear any of this. I just wanted my body to change. And that was as far as I was willing to go. But when I started to be able to hear concepts like this and they felt true, they felt like, yes, that's, that's something I want to follow. That was when things actually started to change. So to continue to absorb these kind of ideas and to continue to think about them and to integrate them without the expectation of that being perfect, because absolutely there's going to be moments of doubt and questioning and, inaccessibility, like you can't get out of third person, um, or we can't, or it's not safe enough to stop people pleasing. And that's fine. We've lived a lifetime of doing that. And it's not like you just flip a switch, but to continue to notice the times or moments in your life where this kind of concept can be used and use it when you can, um, because that's how you build a muscle in the first place. Like it's not doesn't grow overnight. It takes time. And with potty image, I think it takes a lot of time more so than the food stuff. I think with food, sometimes like you see that moving faster than body image. Um, so it, it can be slow and that's not a failing. It's, I think it's just like offering yourself more perspectives like this and continuing to learn and be curious about perspectives like this, because they're going to run counter to everything we've ever heard before. 
Yeah. I love that. It's also funny to me talking about this, right? It's like, let the stepping away from people pleasing around body image be imperfect. And it's like, it goes yeah. against the, that desire to like, want to do it all perfectly. This is true. Right. <laughs> it's like layers upon layers here, but that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's easier said than done. Um, yes, yes. Um, but I also love that, like that idea that, like, hey, if you're hearing this and this is hitting home, and you're like, oh, I really want to embrace this. I want to do this work. Like, you are already, uh, you're yeah. already on the journey. You're you're doing it. So that's really nice. Okay. Well, can you please share with everyone where they can find you, your work, and just like any offerings you have going on right now? Sure. Yes, I'm on uh, Instagram. I'm sort of on TikTok, not really, but as uh. <laughs> I am Stephanie Michelle and I, my website is also, I am Stephanie Michelle.com. I have binge eating recovery courses and I run a body image workshop every uh, summer. So that's going to be coming up in June. Uh, and I also have a podcast called life after diets. Love that. All right. Well, thank you again so much for being here today, Stephanie. Thanks for having me, Kristen. All right, guys, that's a wrap on today's episode. I highly encourage you to give Stephanie a follow on Instagram. Her account is at I am Stephanie Michelle. And just a reminder to get into my daily intuitive eating support offer if you are craving that one-on-one -on -one guidance. I would love to work with you. So you just go over to the link in my bio on Instagram. My handle is at the intuitive underscore RD, and you'll find the link right there in my bio. All right, guys, I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon.